Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to, you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. and Welcome to week 40, count it, week 40 of Shark Sports Radio alongside of me is nobody. And it's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. As always, you can tune in using your Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and or Spotify app. And please check us out on Twitter at SSR2019 underscore and on the Shark Sports Radio Facebook page. Thank you all for taking a dive into the tank with me tonight. We are going to mix it up a little bit as we go down the road of the regular season and discuss the AFC East and the NFC East, respectively. And we will get into a little bit of a craziness with an abbreviated fantasy football mock draft. Let's get it started. For the next couple weeks, I'm going to break down the different divisions and group them into the AFC and NFC conferences. So, for example, today we're going to be talking about the AFC East and the NFC East. Next week, we'll be talking about the AFC West and NFC West. We might have to mix it in and get get short-lived with it. Um, you know, at least have an abbreviated uh, segment to break down all the different divisions. But I feel like grouping them is the best way to do this. Um Let's get it started with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have added to their core. And you got Von Miller at linebacker. He's going to be a a tremendous pass rusher. Jamison Crowder, I think he's going to be a a very helpful wide receiver to Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Um, Running back James Cook, you know, from Georgia. I believe he's related to Dalvin Cook. They lost against a really tough battle against the Chiefs. Right, it was just a, net, a back and forth kind of game. I believe it was like forty-two to thirty-seven, or you know, something of that nature, right around that. And Buffalo Bills, they're consistently good with Josh Allen under center. And I think what might happen, there might be a slight learning curve this year. The reason for it is Josh Allen was always having Brian Dable on his side. You know, he was the quarterback coach. He was also the offensive coordinator, um, you know, in the past few years. So to mix it up with a different offensive coordinator and a, a different approach or, you know, probably a different same scheme because Sean McDermott loves consistency. Um, and I think that's pretty prominent when it comes to talking about offensive coordinator and, and his relationship with Josh Allen. You don't want to mix up what you got going on and, um you know, for the, for the bad, you want to do it for the good, obviously. And, 
He uses his legs. He uses his arm. Um, and you're going to see a lot of short throws this year, too, because you got Jamison Crowder, who is the yards after catch guy. You have Stephon Diggs, obviously. You got Dawson Knox in the red zone, who can't be stopped. And Gabriel Davis, who I think is the next upcoming Mike Evans. He has Mike Evans esque talent and skill ability to run down into the secondary and cause issues, especially on, you know, 50 50 balls. He can make some noise. The defense is what's going to be concerning if you're in the AFC East. They just have it. Um, Matt Milano, he's really, really good, good linebacker. You got Von Miller. You got uh, Tredavious White. You got small pieces in that secondary that can, you know, kind of get you a little bit nervous. And if you're a quarterback, you got to be spot on with your throws going up against the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills. I'm telling you right now, they're going to be on the top in the AFC East. Moving on, my team, Miami Dolphins. Um, New coach, new strategy, new scheme. They go from Brian Flores to a coach, energetic, fun, personable, you know, team-friendly, player-friendly guy like Mike McDaniel. It's just a fresh breath there. I'll tell you what, I think what they put in place with Mike McDaniel and that offense, he comes from the Shanahan offensive mind, right? So, you know, you got Kyle Shanahan, obviously Mike Shanahan being the leader there, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, you know, and a bunch of other guys thrown into the mix. But they were all part of the Washington Redskins at the time football team. And it only makes sense to add Tyreek Hill to this offense you already have Jalen Waddell. You know, you add explosiveness guys like Chase Edmonds and Raheem Moistert. And then you bolster that offensive line. Yes, the right tackle is always going to be an issue. It's always been an issue. But I feel like Teron Armstead can coach up Austin Jackson, at least get his head on right in order to protect to his blind side. Because we can talk about the left tackle, hands down. He's one of the best in the game. Right tackle is a cause for concern, again. And if you're in the Miami Dolphins organization, you have got to stop piecemealing like the whole entire offensive line. They did that with Brian Flores. It didn't work. They did that with um, Joe Philbin. It didn't work. You can't piece offensive linemen together. You just can't. You have to have consistency. You have to have trust. And you have to respect Tua. You have to put him in a position to succeed. And if you put a right tackle that has no business being on the right side, you are going to hurt Tua's blind side. And we all seen it. Tua got whacked in the hip in Alabama. Was that because they didn't protect their blind side? No, it's because he's running around and you know doing stupid crap. But when it comes down to the right tackle for the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins, you got to have your head on straight. You can't fall asleep. These defenses that you're going up against this year are going to be extremely tough. I cannot emphasize this more. Having a running game helps. Having a running game helps. Whether you're a rookie quarterback, whether you're a fourth-year quarterback, whether you're a veteran. Tom Brady. Why does Tom Brady love Leonard Fournette so much? I'll tell you exactly why. Because he can count on him in the running game. He can count on him in the running game. And if you look over the course of Tom Brady's career, he's had pretty good running backs, right? 
Um, so he likes to have that. Tua must like that as well because it develops a balance. It develops a balance. It allows the play action to become a play action. Not like last year when you know, you're trying to do a play action fake and you got Miles Gaskin averaging three and a half to four yards. That's not a threat to the defense. It's not. Raheem Moister, Chase Edmonds, I think they're going to piece in a couple of guys in order to make it work. And obviously the depth chart needs you know some running backs. So on the defensive side, I have no problems with the Miami Dolphins. I, I don't. I, I think the secondary is probably, from a cornerback standpoint, they're limited. But that's because guys are taking time off in training camp in the preseason. You know, Byron Jones is... I think he's lingering like a hamstring injury or like some kind of back issue. I I believe it is. Xavier Howard, you know, he was what top 56 player in uh, NFL 100 players. And then if you're looking at the linebacking situation, I mean, you got Melvin Ingram, Jerome Baker, Van Ginkle. You got Landon Roberts, Sam McGovern, Jalen Phillips on the front end. You got Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer. I know everybody who doesn't know the Miami Dolphins is saying, what are these names? You're going to find out. You will find out. But again, to sum up the Miami Dolphins, different demeanor, mindset, and a different feel for the game. This is going to be a run-heavy offense. I know people don't like that. But that's how you protect Tua, and that's how you make Tua, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle valuable in the passing game. Moving on, New England Patriots. My oh my. My oh my has this offseason been tough for the New England Patriots. I said it from the start right when they brought in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I said, no way in hell is this going to work. And you're hearing it, and you're seeing it. You're hearing it because players are not confident in running this offense. You're also seeing it because guys are actually giving up on plays. Guys don't want to try hard. They don't believe in this system. They don't know what the system is. I've watched every reporter on Twitter as far as New England goes because I follow the Celtics and, of course, and the Red Sox and the Bruins, and they're linked. So I understand you know, where they're coming from. They, there's a lot of questionable things going on in Foxborough as far as coaching goes. I need to break this down for a minute. When you have a second-year quarterback like Mac Jones, the last thing you want to do is mess his mind up and mess the, the consistency that he has that he had last year, I think it was top five in the most passing yards in the NFL. He, he has the capability of doing more, yes. But what he did last year is more than capable of getting into the playoffs. But with Josh McDaniels now out in Vegas, you got Joe Judge and Matt Patricia in. Why would you do that? Oh, I'll explain it to you. It's been all over the media. And they hit the nail on the head with it. Well, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are getting paid by the former teams. So Bill Belichick doesn't have to pay anything out of his pocket. He doesn't have to go out and get a guy like Bill O'Brien and sacrifice the relationship with Nick Saban. He doesn't have to go out and get a Joe Schmo that he has no idea about. And he's going to plug him in. And he's, what, 
Bill Belichick's close to 70 years old. He doesn't want to have to coach up a new offensive coordinator, learn how to do this offense. No, he's going to go out and get guys that he's familiar with that, in all reality, that doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. And you go out and get a guy like Devontae Parker when you're trying to run, like the Miami Dolphins are, a West Coast offense. And people will say, oh, they're not trying. No, they are. You got Damian Harris. You got Reandre Stevenson. They are trying to run the West Coast offense. It's been known in training camp. You don't go out and get a guy like Devontae Parker who can only catch 50-50 balls. You don't, you know, keep a guy like Nelson Aguilar who can't even catch a ball. You know, you got John Smith and Hunter Henry. Okay, they can block, but like what else, you know, in that offense, I will say this. In that offense, I think they'll thrive the most because they do have the ability to, you know, get five, ten yards down the field, look and look at Mac Jones, look back at him, you know, do a post route maybe, um, you know, and, and really get creative with it. But Mac Jones is going to really have to do this himself because these coaches are not capable, absolutely not capable of running this team. You're just seeing it in preseason. There's just not a good buzz. The worst thing you can do as a franchise is go in year two for Mac Jones and put this type of um, coaching talent on the field. Wake up call year for Bill Belichick. I'm telling you right now. It's all about consistency and reliability when you're coaching a young quarterback. I seen it with my own two eyes. I saw it. It doesn't work. It doesn't. I feel like the Patriots are you know holding back on themselves and We'll see how that show performs. Moving on, New York Jets. New York Jets have a lot of issues right now. They can't stay healthy. Makai Becton, broken kneecap in training camp. Zach Wilson, something happened to his knee. I don't think it's ACL. I think it's MCL. I like Elijah Moore, and I love Elijah Vera Tucker. They're really good pieces. And you add, like, Temin Coleman, who I think was previously with them, CJ Uzama, he has uh, playoff experience with the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Um, free safety, DJ Reed, he'll get after it in the secondary. But there's a ton of holes. So the the New York Jets don't have it for me this year. Again, I hate to say it, but it's factual. Um, what you put on the field and you know what Robert Sala has been putting up last year, it's kind of like, Give him a break, right? We'll see what he's made of. But when it comes down to the New York Jets having a successful year, I don't see it transpiring into this year. And, and that's all the time I'm going to spend on the New York Jets. Brees Hall might be good. Brees Hall is a running back. But that is it. I'm not going to spend any more time on the Jets because they're going to have Joel Flacco starting at quarterback for the start of the year. So good luck. Let's move over to the NFC East. And we'll break this down quickly because we want to get into a mock draft. When I look at the, the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys sit right at the top. There is absolutely no doubt about it. They will win 13 or 14 games this year. They will. Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott will have a better year. I think Tony Pollard's a great complimentary running back. I also think CeeDee Lamb is a beast. Michael Gallup, I think he's on the pup list, but they got that... Um, Cedric Wilson went to the to the Dolphins, so he's out. And I love I love Dalton Schultz. I, I think Schultz is a really good tight end. He reminds me of Dawson Knox. He reminds me of uh, George Kittle in the blocking scheme. Um, but defensively, they got it. They absolutely have it. 
They have Trayvon Diggs. They got Micah Parsons. They got big boys on the front. There's one concern here about the Cowboys. It's the playoffs. It really is the playoffs. They just can't win in the playoffs. And, and Jerry Jones has said it. He wants to win. He's putting together a team. He's going to you know do anything he can to make sure this team you know is upright and feeling good and going into the playoffs and having a sense of urgency. Well, obviously we all know what happened last year. Dak Prescott slid on the ground and the time ran out. And without any timeouts, because Mike McCarthy didn't know how to work time management, which has been always an issue with that guy. And for me, I don't know if Mike McCarthy is the guy that can put them above the standard of just being a one-and-done team. A one-and-done team. Like I said, they are the best team in the NFC East. They're arguably, they're arguably top three in the NFC. They got to show it. Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sarani, great coach. I love the talent that they got this offseason. This is the way you do it. You go out and get a guy like Devontae Smith last year in the draft. And then you go out and get a guy like A.J. AJ Brown. A.J. Brown is a monster. Titans should have not given him up. He is a monster. He is a guy that you will count on year in and year out, catching balls, moving the chains, Finding the ways to get into the end zone. He is a beast. Kenneth Gainwell, I think, is a sleeper on this team. I think Miles Sanders is out. I think Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be moving in. Um, their offensive line, it's, it's pieced together. They got a couple of things that they got to work on. I think Landon Dickerson got hurt today, too. So there's going to be little bumps and bruises that they're going to have you know, going on. But uh, Jalen Hurts, I think you know, he's going to have a, a breakout year this year. Um, not to say that he's going to crack the top 10. I think it's more, you know, 12 to 15 mark only because sometimes he, he, and he gets in the groove, man, he really does. And he finds a way to find the open player downfield. And, you know, he kind of reminds me of a mix of, you know, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton where, you know, he can keep plays alive and Aaron Rodgers too. He can keep plays alive. He can you know, isolate, find guys open, run. You know, uh, if the option's not there, he can run. Um, so he's a very elusive quarterback. He'll find guys down the field again. Really improv, right? We call it improvisation. Um, you know, keeping the play alive, avoiding the sack and the tackle. So um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a force this year. Um, I think they win a, like 11 or 12 games. I'm going to say uh, 11 games. Moving on. Washington Commanders. I was about to say the Guardians because Indians changed their name. Redskins changed their name. I want to put them last in this division, but the Giants, to me, just didn't do a good enough job in the offseason. But I think the Commanders, they're taking a shot at Carson Wentz when the shot has already been passed. Carson Wentz is not good anymore, people. He's just not. He had one great year. I think it was, what, 2016 after his rookie year. He had a great year in 2016. But then he got hurt. And he keeps getting hurt. And he keeps finding ways to turn over the ball. And he keeps finding a way to uh, make um, errors on third down. A lot of times, what you need, I'll go back to it. We talked about it with Mac Jones and we talked about it with Tua. And we, you need a good running game. You do. In order to make the pass work, you need a good running game. So it's going to have to be an eye-opener 
for Antonio Gibson or uh, Robinson, their uh, rookie running back. They're going to have to make things happen. And Terry McLaurin, I like him a lot, but man, I feel bad for him because he's going to have an inaccurate ball coming his way every single time unless Taylor uh, Heineke gets, gets the call under center. They're on the cusp of being last in that division, but I like their defense. Uh, Chase Young, how can you not? Jonathan Allen, Kerrigan as well. But I look at the Giants as a team in the basement. I like Brian Dable. Here's what I don't like. Daniel Jones. And then you have Tyler Taylor as your backup quarterback. If you're confident going into a season with Tyler Taylor under center, good luck. Good luck. He's a journeyman for a reason. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick either. He's worse. He's absolutely worse. And I think Saquon might be hurting uh, again this year because the offensive line, I know they went out and got Neal and they went out and got um, Andrew Thomas last year. And, you, you know, you still have pieces to make it work. But, like, let's be honest, people. Let's be honest. You can't run an offense when you have broken parts. I think Kadarius Tony's going to be okay. And... They also have uh, another Robinson as a wide receiver. I think he's a rookie this year. But I don't look at the, the New York Giants as being a team that could ultimately bring an edge going up against the Dallas Cowboys or even Philadelphia Eagles. I know division games are division games, and you're going to try to win and all this stuff. But, like, let's be real. They're not, that roster is not good. And I have a lot of friends that are New York Giants fans. I, I feel for them because Daniel Jones should have been a project that was done long ago. Long time ago. Just let it be. He's not good enough. Go out and try to get, you know, maybe a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jameis Winston would have been a nice get, but he's comfortable in New Orleans. And to be honest with you, Giants don't have enough, enough uh, arsenal in their weapons. Kadarius Tony's good. Again, I think he's going to be a really good player for them, but he is not going to be like a a thousand yard receiver. He just he can't be. Daniel Jones can't throw the ball. Can't throw the ball. He he reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. A poor man's Ryan Tannehill. His ceiling is Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> His ceiling is Ryan Tannehill. That's not a good ceiling to have. See you later. And he's not that accurate. To sum this all up, Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, Cowboys in the NFC East, I think it's too much at stake for these these teams. They're good. They're really good. Miami Dolphins, I have them second. Patriots third. Jets uh, fourth. On the flip side, Cowboys one. Eagles two. Washington three. Close three with Giants four. I think that's what's going to happen. Maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, these are predictions. I just think I just think the Bills and the Cowboys are just way too good right now and I don't see anybody really having a shot in in um winning those crowns. I think Miami's going to have a tough time. I'm a Miami fan, right? And I think it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs because if they get the wild card, good luck trying to face the AFC West. Good luck. Very, very difficult to do so. Let's do a mock draft. I use this app called Sleeper. 
the rankings are pretty pretty accurate. I'm going to put myself at pick five. And I had a draft last night. And I went with a guy named Derrick Henry at number one. And people are like, wow, why? Why don't you go Jonathan Taylor? Because I don't like consensus picks. I just don't believe in consensus picks. They never work. David Johnson had a full out. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. I think Dallin Cook one year went off, but other than that, it's just you know been kind of a, a miss. So we'll start the draft. I'm starting the mock draft currently. First pick, Jonathan Taylor. Second pick, Cooper Cup. Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler. Left on the board is Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. I went Justin Jefferson. McCaffrey, I'm not too sure because he keeps getting hurt, and I don't trust him. So McCaffrey was um, after me, and then Najee Harris, Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel. I got the next pick. Nick Chubb still on the board. You have CeeDee Lamb. I could do double wide receiver. Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. I'm going Alvin Kamara. I think Kamara's going to be a helpful back for Jameis Winston in that backfield. I really like him in that spot. Followed by Saquon Barkley, CeeDee Lamb, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Josh Allen, a little early, Javante Williams, Mark Andrews, Tyreek Hill. Now my board is Leonard Fournette. Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Zeke Elliott. I'm going A.J. Brown. I believe this dude will be a beast this year. I loved A.J. Brown in Tennessee, and I think he will thrive even more in Philly. Followed by uh, A.J. Brown's Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, who, you know, I think he has to have a breakout year. James Conner always at the goal line going for touchdowns. Kyle Pitts, he's going to have a huge year. Zeke Elliott, he's a good running back out of Dallas. Obviously, everybody knows about his capability, but can you know he be durable enough to do so? T. Higgins, great number two wide receiver behind uh, Jamar Chase. Um, Pat Mahomes, Cam Akers, I'm not sure of. I'm not a fan of his game. Michael Pittman, always a deep threat, and he's got Matt Ryan now and Keenan Allen uh, with Justin Herbert. Um, so left on the board for me, Justin Herbert. Kittle, you got McLaurin, Montgomery, Waller, Johnson, ETN. This is a tough pick. This is a tough pick, people. I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be thriving in the AFC West because they're going to be points scored because there are unbelievable offense in the AFC West. So followed by Justin Herbert was David Montgomery, Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller, um, George Kittle, Travis Etienne, um, Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, Lamar Jackson. Left on the board for me is Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddell, DJ Moore, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Judy. Come on, people. You know I'm going Jalen Waddell, baby. Give me the Penguin Waddle. Let's go. Uh, Deontay Johnson followed um, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, DJ Moore, Joe Burrow, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, uh, Sutton, Gibson, Elijah Mitchell. I'm back on the board. Got Dalton Schultz available, Kyla Murray, Cooper, um, Hollywood Brown, 
Allen Robinson, TJ Hawkinson, Cooks, Godwin, Mike Thomas. As everybody probably knows, right now, where I'm sitting, Justin Jefferson was my number one pick. Alvin Kamara was second. A.J. Brown was third. Uh, Justin Herbert was fourth. Jalen Waddle was fifth. I know it's PPR. Um, so I got to find a running back. And I might just sit on it and wait for it to come to me. And I will. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Dalton Schultz for tight end. A lot of tight ends gone. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Darren Waller. So uh, George Kittle was left. And then I'm going to go ahead and pick my guy, who I think is going to have a tremendous year, if he's still on the board here. He is absolutely gone. I wanted A.J. Dillon. He was picked two two picks before me. I got to go Clyde Edwards. I need a running back. I'm going to go Clyde Edwards. On the way back, I'm definitely picking up um, another running back. I, I obviously have to. Or I can go DeAndre Hopkins. I think uh, D-Hop, after he you know comes back from his, his suspension, I think he's going to be a player. Um, so I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be a nice nice pickup uh, for later on in the year. So after D-Hop, it was Drake London, who I think is going to be a stud. Uh, but again, I have too many wide receivers right now that could play, so I'm using D-Hop as an investment. Uh, Drake London, like I said, Tony Pollard. Hunter Renfro, Rashad Bateman, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Gabe Davis, Kenneth Walker, Devontae Smith. Um, I'm going to have to go with, I really like this guy. I know a lot of people are not sure of him, but he's going to get touches and he's going to be really their like Swiss Army knife. Corderell Paris from Atlanta. Corderell is a really good guy for PPR. He's going to get catch balls. He's also going to you know, be the running back there. Um, you know, that was followed by uh, Dak Prescott, Traylon Burks from Tennessee, the rookie, Dallas Garter, Rashad Penny. We don't know if he's going to start in Seattle. Zach Ertz, uh, Devin Singletary, who is the number one running back currently with the Buffalo Bills, but I think James Cook might take it. Chase Edmonds, Tom Brady, uh, Elijah Moore, who I think will be a stud. If, if Wilson comes back, I think this kid has it. He's got elite speed. He's also a great route runner, um, and Tyler Lockett um, after that. So, again, um, what's left on the board, Dawson Knox, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lassard, um, Matthew Stafford, James Cook, Chris Olave, uh, Trey Lance, Melvin Gordon. I'm going to go with a guy that I think will eventually start, and that's um, James Cook out of uh, Georgia. I think he's uh, he is related to Dalvin Cook, so I went um, I went Cordell Patterson, James Cook back to back there, um, moving back to the board um, as picks were done. Alan Lassard, uh, Stevenson, Christian Kirk, Aaron Rodgers, Dawson Knox, Chris Olave, Matthew Stafford, and Pat Fearmuth went right behind me. Um, I'm going with Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods. Even though he's going to change scenery from L.A. to Tennessee, I think he has it in him still to be a guy that you can count catching at least you know five to six passes a game. I also really, really uh, like this kid uh, for, uh, from Chicago, uh, Cole Komet. 
Um, I believe he's a second-year player going into this year. Um, he is a reliable tight end that Justin Fields will most certainly connect on multiple times in the red zone, and I think he, he's going to be a bona fide stud. Um, I also – so this is the, the key thing. So I'm at pick 13. So pick 13, is it too early for a kicker? No. Is it too early for defense? No. Is the top talent there that you would want to, you know, take a shot on a guy, uh, you know, high up on the board? Not really. So I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to go with the Ravens defense. I think Baltimore just year in and year out, they're consistent on the defensive side. And they're in a pretty easy division. You know, Cleveland, um, without Deshaun Watson for 11 games. Pittsburgh, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball. I don't care what anybody says. Mitchell Trubisky has to have, like, a huge year for me to become a believer. And I know um, Kenny Pickett is still there. He went to University of Pittsburgh. He got um, he got drafted this year, so obviously he's still there. Um, and then, you know, Cincinnati is tough, but I'll take two games um, at a loss and dominate the rest. Um, this is a sneaky pick for me. Um, Julio Jones. I, I think Tom Brady is absolutely going to love this guy. Um, I think he's a guy that you can count on in the passing game. And, you know, he, he'll definitely be, be worth the shot for Tom Brady. And, you know, in fantasy late in that round, I mean, why not? And then all, you have to go a kicker, right? Always go kicker last or the second to last round. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Robbie Gold. No, 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 I'm going to go Will Will Lutz from uh, New Orleans. I'm going to go Will Lutz. So Hunter Henry followed Green Bay Packers. Um, the kicker out of uh, Atlanta, Koo. Um, then Colts defense and Isaiah Spiller, CJ Spiller, uh, is related to him as well. Um, way back when. So that does it. Like I said, sleeper wrap. It's really, really quick and easy. Easy to use. It's amazing. Um and I feel like this year you're going to, you know, actually these upcoming weeks, um, you know, before I get married on Labor Day, I'm actually going to be continuing to break down, you know, these AFC and NFC divisions. Um, next week is AFC West and NFC West. My, oh my, is that going to be some tough divisions? I cannot wait to get into it. Um, I think it's going to be a great year. Um, for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think the, I think the Buffalo Bills have it. Yeah, and this is, like I said, I am a Miami supporter. I want the Dolphins to do well. We'll see what they have in store with Mike McDaniel first uh, year under center. Like I said before, Josh Allen, this is going to be a big wake up call for him. You know, how's he going to do without Brian Dable? We'll see uh, how that turns out. You know, in these next upcoming weeks. But again, we'll talk about the AFC West and the NFC West next week. Tune in.